Okay. Greetings. Greetings, everybody. Happy to have you here on a Tuesday night to do a little bit of chit-chatting. little chit-chatting. Short show because of uh, standing bancrastus, ban procrastination. Getting ourselves all uh, all nice and souped up for a November broadcast. Well, not no, no. Actually, we want to do a broadcast sometime in October to tune up, like just have a couple of bit of a simulate a live setting for the show that we're going to be doing in November. So we're just moseying along our way. Tonight, I think we're going to settle upon a cover song to put into the mix because November is only going to be a short set, but we'll have plenty more time to play when we broadcast it live not too, not too long from now. But uh, welcome to the show. Had a great time last night. Had a lot of great feedback coming in. I, I love it. And, I, you know, Rich Barris is a fan favorite, so very hard to, to miss when he comes on. But we did that. I do have an announcement about tomorrow. Unfortunately, Nurse Penny has had a, a little bit of a medical emergency. And, um, you know, she can talk about that when next time she comes on. But she had to she's had to take care of some stuff that is, um, you know, she's not feeling too well right now. But she's addressing it. And I'm, hope, I'm hoping that she's on the mend very quickly. And she will be welcome back as soon as she is ready and able and comfortable and all that stuff. Yeah, it, it stinks because I I really was looking forward to having her on tomorrow and then with Dr. Eben Alexander afterwards and just having that kind of, that flow, that um, that real, real, uh, you know, everything very related. And it was like a theme of the week with both of them side by side. But this obviously takes precedence, so I hope that everything is well. And when she comes back... Hopefully it's in like November or something because her experience, her near-death experience is something that I think uh, fits very nicely into the month of November as well, which is a month that, if I had a choice, I would focus a lot of our programming on themes of gratitude and Thanksgiving and all that. So just keep Nurse Penny in your prayers. want her to feel better. But uh, tonight we are going to be just jumping through some headlines because a lot of them out there. And then I want to ask you some questions. Now, it's one of those days where I just really, I, I'm, I'm thinking about what, what to do with you guys and gals. And I had a couple of topics that I wanted to touch on at some point. And tonight, I think we just might dip into one of them. And that is the best compliments you've ever received. We have a thread that it has been built up on quitefrankly.tv that is, that's got some really great responses already. And maybe we can get some of those calls. And also, also as another bonus topic, when we open up the lines, I would love to hear any stories that you may or may not, well, may have, that you may have about the strangest thing that a stranger has ever done to you, okay? The weirdest thing. Somebody just walked up to you, said or did, and then that was it, walked away. Gave you something, uh, said something odd out of nowhere, uh, slapped you across the face, I don't know. 
Obviously, there's a thin line between strange and traumatizing, so let's just try to keep it to, wow, that was weird, instead of, I was just assaulted. I know, Frank, but you said slapped in the face. I know. I take it back. Went to the dermatologist today. Um, did a one of those full body just lookovers and whatever. And said that she saw what was like a, maybe a little little mole between one of my two of my toes. I don't know. Um, and, but she called my attention to it. And she said little mole. But I thought she said you have a little mold between these two toes. And I didn't say anything. I said, oh, she said, you might want to just keep uh, keep an eye on this. Uh, and if it changes at all, you know, we will, um, you know, we can come back and biopsy it and all and all that stuff. And I said, all right. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm laying there. I'm just kind of like thinking to myself, how the fuck did I get mold? <laughs> how does, how does this happen? Can, don't, you can just wipe, can't you just wipe that? Like, how did it get on me? I mean, I, I shower often. How do I have mold on me? And um, and then uh, you know I asked <laughs> that I brought it up. I brought it up uh, just after that because she she uh, told Lauren you know just so you can hold them accountable. Um, I said, but but how you know how do you think I got mold? She goes, no, a mole, a mole, mold. And everybody in the room had a a good laugh. I'm glad they did because I can handle a little tiny mold between my toes that I didn't even know was there. But a little mold, that's that's something I don't even want to think about. Oh, wait a second. Um, I just got a text message from CVS Pharmacy, even though I never gave them my number. Frank, the CDC is now recommending updating COVID vaccines. Schedule one here. I better do that later. I better do that one later. I heard the new COVID vaccines are all, they got all the kinks worked out. They're 100% effective now. So I'm going to get on all that. Don't worry. I'm going to be nice and protected next time you see me. All right. All right. Thank you again to my wonderful sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com, and to all of my friends on the affiliates page. Uh, chief among them, I, I still want to keep pushing you toward um, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver at QuiteFrankly.Gold. Very important. I know a lot of you are thinking about how to diversify and, and how to turn your fiat into something a little bit more tangible. Well, for those of us who aren't rich enough to put money into empty garages and warehouses where we can put our Lamborghinis and our Aston Martins and all that and just park it somewhere, we can buy little things like gold, silver, gold backs, whatever the hell. Well, quite frankly, Dot Gold and all of our friends, Tony Arterburn and Melissa, at Wise Wolf Gold and Silver, they're fantastic. So uh, no order is too small. Go out and buy yourself your first ounce of silver. Do it. And also, start from now, because it's almost October, get gold and stuff, uh, get silver at least, in your stocking stuffer ideas, okay? I don't do much for my friends, but I, I give everybody a little bit of wine, a little bit of silver, a little bit of cigars, you know, chocolate. I've got a real, I got to tighten my belt this Christmas. All this construction at home. Definitely, yeah, everybody's going to get a cigar and, uh, and, a, and a, <laughs> a piece of silver. That's it. Merry Christmas. All right. All right.
All right, let's jump into our grab bag, shall we? The first one up is from... Oh, did I set this up already? Did I not? There we go, yes. Oh, there's a new television show. Did you hear about this that has been added to Max? It's called Naked Attraction. As reported by The Hollywood Reporter. Brutal, full frontal nude dating show because they're trying to reinvent, do something new on television without it just being porn. They, they, they're trying to just... How can we, how can we just, this is all they have now. So singles eliminate potential dates by scrutinizing and critiquing their nude bodies in a controversial series. This is the craziest stuff I ever watched on TV, said somebody. One of the UK's most infamous dating shows, censored trailer below, was quietly added to the Max streaming service last week and it's already causing quite a stir. It imported six seasons of Naked Attraction, a game-known um, show that promises to start where a good day often ends. So everybody, they get these people naked, like six people naked, and um, the contestant, who I guess is looking to, whoever's going to win is going to get a date with them or whatever, gets to scrutinize every inch of their body and uh, you know judge their genitals and whether or not they like their feet or whatever. Um, I saw that over here. In an episode, a single chooser critiques and eliminates six potential dates standing on stage by scrutinizing their fully naked bodies, which are gradually revealed one part at a time. Faces are revealed last because who the hell needs that? When only two potential dates remain, the chooser strips out of their own clothes too, giving the remaining two contestants the opportunity to critique them. Oh, good, now it's fair. And then the final couple go out on a date with their clothes on. They spend one night together, and that's the end of it. That's all. And the next season, judges are going to give the contestants colonoscopies, and um, the contestant with the least amount of polyps wins. It's like, where do you go from here with the exposure, the, the cutting open and splaying open of everything that is human? I mean, there's what else can you do? They'll find something. Colonoscopies, colonics, that'll be next. Colonic love line or something. All right, let's go to this disaster over here. Joe Biden, did you hear about this from Axios? Here's a scoop. Biden's team, don't let him trip mission. Biden and his campaign are working on a critical project for his re-election bid. Make sure he doesn't trip. They're literally trying to can't, they're, they're trying to conceptualize how they can keep this man on his feet and not fall flat on his face or up a flight of steps. Although I must say, I was carrying my laundry up my uh, steps, my back steps the other day, and I did trip forward up the steps. I said, huh. Hmm. Driving the news, as voters express deep concern about the 80-year-old president's age and fitness for office, the ability to form a sentence, Biden's team is taking extra steps to prevent him from stumbling in public, public, as he did in June when he tripped over a sandbag at the Air Force Academy. I think he almost missed a step on his uh, plane again today or whatever the hell. With a physical therapist, Biden has been doing exercise to improve his balance as far back as November 2021. Since his stumble in June, he has been wearing tennis shoes more often to avoid slipping and using the short stairs and Air Force One entering the plane on a lower deck than before. 
tennis shoes. Depends. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for him to whip out those big brown cataract glasses that you put on over your glasses. The sunglasses you put on over your glasses. My grandfather used to have those when he went driving. They are gigantic plastic cataract glasses that you put on over your prescription glasses. I wonder if Joe Biden has a small bag of jelly beans in his pocket instead of a sugar, in, in the case of a sugar low. My grandfather used to carry on jelly beans as well. He was diabetic. In case he had a sugar low, he'd have a jelly bean. <laughs> so I hated those jelly beans. Jelly beans suck. Some of you out there really love jelly beans. I don't know what's wrong with you. They were the big, you know, they're like the, um, they, they weren't like Jelly Belly. There's been a few Jelly Belly jelly beans that I, I thought were decent. They had some good, you know, fruity, citrusy kind of flavors, and I, I, I like them. But my grandfather used to carry around just the big, the big marble-sized ones that were just blue, red, whatever, and they didn't really have any kind of a brand name or anything, and it was just balled up sugar it was it was really only just a tool it wasn't anything he enjoyed but um yeah what else was going on with joe biden all the all the tricks of the trade to keep that guy on his feet i would rather be put on protective duty of some kind of vip in a war zone than be responsible for joe biden walking i'll be honest about that because it bring this brings me back to my time in the gym working floor shifts at the gym there is nothing more stressful than working a floor shift in a gym and having an elderly member shuffle into the room, book themselves some time on the treadmill, and then you are sitting there with your heart in your throat, you're positioning yourself very, you know, casually, closer to where they are, pretending that you're, you know, dusting something, whatever, just to be next to them, because they have the, the treadmill on speed 1.5, flat, no incline, 1.5 speed, and still they're holding on for dear life, dragging their feet behind them. Like, please, God, please, don't let me be here for this. Seen one person fall flat in their face. And it, it just, please don't let me be here for this. Why do you do this? If you're going to walk this slow, just walk down the hallway. Why are you getting onto a treadmill? What is wrong with you? Anyway, I'm serious about that. I would rather be doing a protective duty for some kind of a VIP in a war zone than being responsible for Joe, Joe Biden walking. Too much stress. Way too much stress. But um, the the dog, the the German Shepherd at the White House is having a grand old time. This dog, Commander, its name is, it's Biden's dog, has now bit another Secret Service agent. 11th, the 11th known incident. <laughs> Look at that damn thing. Bloodthirsty son of a bitch. President Joe Biden's younger dog, who has four good legs, commander bit another U.S. Secret Service agent at the White House. Almost as many Secret Service agents that were brought down by Antifa and Black Lives Matter in 2020. This one dog is taking them all out. CNN has learned the 11th known biting incident involving the two-year-old German Shepherd. Yesterday, around 8 p.m., a Secret Service informed uh, uniformed division police officer came in contact with a first family pet and it was bitten. The officer was treated by medical personnel on the complex, USSS Chief of Communicators, Anthony Guglielmi. Anyway, that's it.
the 11th. He goes down. All right, next one. NFL and Raiders star Chandler Jones. Did you hear about this? There has to be more to this story. Take a listen. NFL and Raiders star Chandler Jones claims he was taken to a mental health hospital against his will by the Las Vegas Fire Department and forcibly injected after concerning posts online. Chandler Jones claimed he had been hacked after alarming social media claims that, that that's not true. That can't be true. I never believe anybody who says that these days. I mean, you know when when Don, uh, when Donald Trump Jr. was obviously hacked the other day, you, you can tell. You can tell when somebody is taking liberties with somebody else's account. Like when the uh, that rogue employee at the New York Post was printing all those fantastic fake headlines. It was like two years ago we had the, the pleasure of reading through those. But I tend to not believe that this would be the case. Las Vegas Fire Department, um, he has now written in detail on the claims that he was forced into a mental health facility. In alarming social media posts on Monday night, he said he had been injected against his will and forced to sleep on the floor. It comes a week after Jones went on a disturbing social media rant, accusing Raiders owner Mark Davis of protecting the identity of a man he claims molested his goddaughter. Well, wait a second. That's something different. I have to see, wait, hold on. I, I, we're going to have to see more about this. The, uh, I have to go read the other claims. But how? But it, it, that, it goes from that into being forcibly, why is this thing, please turn this damn thing off. God. You know how much it takes to involuntarily put somebody into a mental health facility? It takes a lot. There's a pretty high threshold to commit someone involuntarily. So I don't know what we're missing from the story. But that alone, to have suspicion that, that somebody in the organization did something, I mean, that shouldn't be dismissed out of hand. Jones, who was the younger brother of UFC champion John Jones, later said he had been hacked. Ah. So now you have to dismiss it, right? Or what? In a post on X, or is he just nuts? Captions the first day out, but I'm still aligned. Jones wrote, first day out, if my fans and friends were wondering, I was taken by the Las Vegas Fire Department last week against my will. I was injected with I don't know what. They said it was court, it was a court hold, and Las Vegas police put me on it. I hadn't done anything wrong. Can the fire department make arrests? Can the fire department apprehend people like that? I was taken in by the Las Vegas Fire Department. I hadn't done anything wrong. The police said people were concerned about me because of my posts online. I answered my front door and a group of five to seven were there to put me in an ambulance where I was later injected. And I asked them not to. I had no cell phone, no communication. I was taken to Southern Hills Hospital and then transferred to Seven Hills. Where they tried to force me to take medic medications and injections. So, I don't know. There's something missing here. But, um, but yeah, I'm going to keep, uh, I'm going to keep up with this one unless it disappears and it's hard to keep up with it, but I, I'm sure it will. It'll stick around somewhere. Anyway, that's all for right now. Let's get this one kicked off. We don't have too much time tonight, but I'd love to open up the lines and get some of you guys and gals on with me. So on with the show. Be right back.
one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! to have all the seasonal music back and it's good to be back with you tonight some things you gotta wait many many months to hear again but the one thing that we don't have to worry about is waiting many months to see each other again that's a nightly thing alright so there are some things over here that I want to also throw out a couple of stories that go hand in hand and it has to be um, it, a lot of it has to be you know, it's related to what is going on with the migrant invasions. Uh, because there is only, I don't know how there's, I think that this is the, the final push. I think anybody would have to uh, imagine that at this point. You know, sometimes you have waves, you have little things, you, you test the system and what it can hold. And then you have the final push. Uh, because there are millions, probably somewhere around, some people estimate about 8 million people have come into the country from all over the world, mostly Central and South America, uh, but uh, Chinese, many, many tens of thousands of Chinese, who knows from the Middle East and Africa. Um, it's just uh, it's just scary stuff. We're talking about millions since 2021. And what's happening right now, as you know, in Europe and in the United States is end times level movement. In fact, I think today I read that Costa Rica, which is down there in Central America, just declared a state of emergency just because of the the hundreds of thousands of people, the hordes of people who are passing through the country. Now, they're lucky in the way that nobody's staying there. They're just passing through to invade us still two countries away. It's not asylum. It's an invasion. And I, I, I just wonder... I just wonder what the hell, uh, it's just, it's hard to imagine what comes next because it's just going to get more and more personal for everybody, for everybody. I saw this one thing that was posted into the, uh, into the Gilded from Apolitical, I believe this was on Twitter, I forgot how long ago, or, or it might have been on Gab or something. Said uh, Apolitical said, this is how stupid politics in America are. The GOP can't stop, can't slow down or deport any illegal immigrants, but they can use tax dollars to ship them all over the country to the cheers of their retarded voters because libs owned as the entire nation turns into Guatemala. It's what I've been saying since the beginning. Now, it's it's it, it's fun. It's funny to see. 50 people get sent to Martha's Vineyard 
and have an entire community melt down and call in the military, okay? It's it's funny. That is funny. There have been things that, that make you go, huh, make you scoff a little bit. But um, again, to think that this was in any way, shape, or form a good thing, as if you can be swimming in the same pool and have somebody pee at the other side of the pool and the pee would never get to you is ridiculous. And that's just what it is. It's ridiculous. Now, in um, this is from the Daily Mail. It's in Cleveland, Ohio. This is a mystery that they reported on just a day ago. Nearly 50 school children go missing in Cleveland in September alone, while over 1,000 have vanished so far this year in an alarming trend that left Ohio cops baffled. That's a red state, remember. Police say the number of runaways and missing kids is unusually high this year. Last year, 1,600 children were reported missing in the state of 11 million. In Georgia and North Carolina, which have similar populations, the number was less than 700. Police say they are concerned that youths are being trafficked or becoming involved in gang activity. Now, I'd have to imagine it's going to only increase now that millions of foreign criminals have arrived in the last three years alone. I have to imagine. And whereas, uh, you know, children do run away, children do join gangs, we also know that trafficking is far more prevalent than anybody at Mother Jones wants you to believe. And we also know that that is a main, that industry, the trafficking industry is kept alive and flourishing by the activity at the southern border, which I saw today, the, um, whatever, whoever the hell is in control, the, the brain trust in control of the so-called Biden administration had border patrol go against their consciences, I'm sure, to clip all of the razor wire down at Eagle Pass, Texas to allow God knows how many people to just walk in. Just come on in. Come on in. It's, uh, that's it. Staten Island. This is in New York. A little bit more from New York. This one is from Breitbart. New York City inundated with unregistered cars, illegal drivers, and violence at migrant shelters. Don't worry. They'll, they'll soon realize that they can take those unregistered cars and drive them outside of the state. Staten Island residents are complaining to police and elected officials that their streets are turning into demolition derby as unlicensed drivers without insurance are driving unregistered vehicles and causing accidents near migrant shelters. Residents near former St. John Villa Academy in Orocha are fearful of driving in their own neighborhood as illegal border crossers have begun buying junker cars without license plates to use for joyriding and transportation, according to the New York Post. The situation has escalated here. Migrants are barbecuing in the woods next to our playgrounds, and the biggest thing now are these vehicles. Oh, yeah, the barbecues have just begun, my friends. The barbecues and the circus music has just begun. The carnival circus music has just begun. Don't worry. Wait until the, 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 you, you, you've yet to see the trampolines. Don't worry. Um, the situation has escalated, said resident John Aspinall, who heads the Travis Neighborhood Watch Group. Aspinall added that the parking lots and wooded areas are becoming hangout spots for illegals who are leaving broken down furniture, piles of garbage, food scraps, beer cans, and other refuse strewn everywhere. For instance, one unregistered car discovered near a shelter had its NYC registration sticker scratched away and its safety inspection sticker destroyed. 
don't need that anyway, as long as it runs, you know. And, and they have their own rules for the road. You must know. You must know this. I have a lot of friends in uh, local who own local businesses around here and a lot of friends who are cops. And I know um, the, 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 the drunken driving is, is so much worse than is reported on because, of course, local... Local newspapers are all in the bag, just like all those local newspapers that were just bought up by George Soros in Maine. They're all in the bag, and they just want to pump out there that diversity is our strength and never actually talk about anything with specificity. And the the DUI situation is horrific, and even more horrific is the fact that nothing is ever done, that the car is impounded, it is uh, used for scrap or whatever the hell, and the drunk... The drunk foreign national spends a night in jail to dry out a little bit, and then they are let go. Let go. And then it just happens again. So, um, so I wonder. I wonder. I wonder how it all is related. That is really concerning about the Cleveland thing. Very concerned about the Cleveland. Now, I brought this up last night. I brought this up last night, and um, it was brief, but it needs a little bit more attention. Something else needs to be said about this. This outrageous, the Marina Abramovic, or Abramovich, Abramovic, I think. This outrageous nomination of Marina Abramovic by Zelensky in Ukraine. I mean, something, you. this really needs to be thought about just for a second, how outrageous a taunt this is. Eight billion people on the planet, and you pick a blood-bathing, satanic performance artist to rebuild Ukrainian schools? Go ahead, call in, and try to make sense of that for me. Now, d- don't tell me what it is, what we all know it's about. Try to sell that. Like, if you are if you're Zelensky or anybody, oh, I mean, let's see what they say. Here's from Zero Hedge. Zelensky asks spirit cooker Marina Abronovic to be ambassador for Ukraine to help rebuild schools. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that vulture. It comes through the computer screen. Ms. Abramovic, a fierce critic of Vladimir Putin's illegal invasion said the Ukrainian president had asked her for help in rebuilding schools. Quote, I've been invited by Zelensky to be ambassador of Ukraine to help the children affected by rebuilding schools and such. She added, I've also been invited to be a board member of the Babin Yar organization to continue to protect the memorial. The Holocaust Memorial Center to Jews murdered by Nazis in Ukraine was damaged by Russian missile attacks in March last year. The bombing of Babin Yar Memorial was confirmed to be a lie last year as well. So it's just, um, that is just an incredible taunt, if you ask me. Now, I want to open up the lines. The general line is 914-200-0269. I have not heard from anybody in days because I haven't been set up to take calls in days, but I would like to hear from you. It's general Q&A you can call in with. Uh, And I also want to give you two other things. Number one. The greatest compliment that you have ever received. I want, I want to know a little bit about this. We've had some great things that have come in already. I want to know about that. I also want to know if you have any stories about the strangest thing 
that a stranger has ever done to you. Okay? Remember, the fine line between strange and traumatic. Not an assault, not a mugging, something strange. They gave you something. They said something. They came and, I don't know, they said a, a very strange prayer over you. I don't know, but maybe you do. So let me know about that. We'll be back in just a second. I'm putting a little bit of a divider between then and now. Okay? Ready? Go. Earthquake. No, Captain. Genderqueer protest. This is where we assume them. This is where we fight. This is where they die. How many genders, boys? Remember this, Dave. It will be yours at all times. Because attached to conspiracies. Who's that nifty new dream boat that has the dollies flipping their lid? Somebody. It's Frankie. That's right. Join your Made in the Shade host of Quite Frankly. Quite Frankly streams live Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 Eastern, and everywhere you find your favorite podcast. Goose it on over. For everything else, it's Quite Frankly TV. Frankie. fucking elegant it is. It's way nicer than the White House. Trump should be there. Should be with us. I'll keep him safe. All right. Hello, everybody. Let's take a little bit, um, take some calls. 914-200-0269. Hey, 917, you're on the air. What's going on, New York? Hey, how you doing? Who's this? David. David, welcome to the show. What do you got on your mind? Yeah, I was trying to figure out, um, with all this Trump stuff going on, um, why is it that it's all his own people that are hammering him and uh, he's going to end up in jail based on testimony from all his own people? 
You know? Why, why is that? I can't figure that out. I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have any theories? Because you know, because uh, he's, pe- he's a piece of shit. Oh, you think you think that he's you think that oh so you think that you think that people who are leaned on by the federal government and pushed to go against somebody that only happens because the person who's been targeted is a piece of shit. How how are they being leaned on and pushed? What are you talking about? All I mean, they have, well, to, do is, well, well, they have what, to do is come in and tell the truth. Oh, they do. They do. Okay, David. They have to come in and tell the truth. So you've been rooting. You've been rooting on everything. You've been rooting this all on the whole time. This has been a very, very enjoyable experience for you. I hope they tar him, feather him, and drag him through the streets. I, well, then, David, I I hope that you get what you want because that means that the day that it happens to you ain't too far behind. Ain't too far behind. He did that. He he said all that with a butt plug right up his ass. Talk about a guy who wants to get pegged. Holy shit. I don't care if you never vote for Trump. If you ever had an inkling to vote for Donald Trump in your life. If he means anything or anything. If to observe what has happened to him. And not be able to extrapolate that out to you and people around you. And to see what the system is. Is pathetic. It's pathetic. David from 917. Unreal. All right, let's take a call. 804. What's going on, 804? Oh, shit. I don't see that. 804. Hello? Hello. Hey, how are you doing? How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, quite frankly. Oh, yes. Awesome. That, that like, you just answered straight away, and I'm turning down my TV, so I don't hear you before. I guess there's a delay. Yes, there is. Please ignore right. ignore that and turn the, uh, turn the, the volume down. I have... I have an incredibly weird story for you. And that guy that wants uh, Trump tarred and feathered, screw that guy. That's all right. <clears throat> Go ahead. Anyway, okay, so this, I've been thinking about this story for 35 years. I'm, I just turned 50. Uh-huh. I'm 14 years old, and me and my buddy were walking around the neighborhood we live in. We grew up in the D.C. area in Alexandria. Mm. And uh, we say, hey, Let's go by Steve's house. He was like our best buddy. We go to Steve's house. Steve is home all alone, except for like a six foot five, 300 pound dude that none of us have ever seen before is in his living room. Wait, he's, he's, he's not home. Steve's not home, but this guy is, or Steve's home with this guy. Steve's home with this guy. Okay. That we have no clue who he is. So this guy starts telling us stories and starts p- pitching pennies. He starts like saying like, "Oh yeah, we used to pitch these pennies." And uh, I don't know if I'm explaining it so much how weird it was. Well, I but mean, I swear on my life, my hair on my back of my neck stood up. You, you, and it you was st- like if we hadn't went there. You know what I mean? Well, listen, you started off pretty well in explaining how weird this is. You're looking for your friend and you go to his house to look for him and he is there except he's accompanied by an unknown hulking man. An unknown man that is just giant. And what is he dressed in? Just like regular street clothes. Regular street clothes. But we're clothes. like 13. Okay. So you're oh, so you so how so you're talking about an an older man, a 6 foot 300 pound older man that's hanging out with a 13-year-old friend of yours? In his house alone, 
in the middle of the afternoon. What did Steve say about where he came from? Did he what 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 happened? Did he invite him back to the house for some stupid reason? Did he just walk in? What happened? Was he held hostage? Well, I think basically he was getting to the point of being held hostage. But then when two more young guys showed up, maybe the guy got a little sketched out and said, "Hey, maybe I should do this penny pitching thing with these guys and hang out with them." And then and then maybe he just went away. And we were like, who was that guy? Was he a friend of your dad's or something? And the guy goes, and our friend Steve goes, no, I've never seen the guy before. He just knocked on my door and let himself in and just sat down on the couch and started hanging out. And you never seen him since? Never seen him before or since. You might. You and might. I thought. I, Damn. Go ahead, Frank. No, you might. You might have saved Steve's life. That's what I think. I've been thinking about this periodically every once in a while and when you brought it up tell my weird story i was like i gotta tell him this because it it gives me goosebumps to this day and like i told you i I just turned 50 and this happened when i was 13 or 14 and there was something so creepy about this man i've even gone and uh looked up serial killers dc area people convicted of murder dc area trying to put a face to it you know Mm -hmm. and see if this guy has been convicted of something um, but I can't, I can't find him or I never have found anything, but I've even brought it up to him later. I was like, man, I think that guy was going to rape you and murder you. But he retreated but instead, came. instead he retreated back into the background of just whatever. He just left and that was, well, thank you for the call. That is very, very strange. Thank you for the call. More strangeness out of, a, out of, uh, the DC area. Just. Just went away, huh? Seven seven eight, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, Frank. It's Krista calling from Canada. Krista from Canada. Good to hear from you. <laughs> Thanks. I just wanted to call and talk about um, the Ukrainian actor and who he's going to put on his school board. Okay. That Abramovich lady. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I just wanted to sing the praises of homeschool and encourage everyone, if there's any way they can do it, Homeschool your kids, period. And, and this would be another reason why, because I can you imagine, can you imagine the after-school programs in the <laughs> in those schools? You think that what's going laughs. on? Oh yeah, you think about that. <laughs> no, I homeschool my kids. I would give up much more than I already have to continue doing it. It's a blessing. It's hard. You won't regret it. Your kids will like it. It's just the way to go. Rather than fighting with the school board or worrying about all this weird crap going on, just do it. Anybody who can, just do it. Well, I'm so thankful that you got through tonight, uh, Krista, with a wonderful message. Is that all you wanted to say? (laughs) Yeah, that and, um, no, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, and, and pray for Canada. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Hey, I, listen, we're, we're not we're not too. Uh, I think we're all in the same boat. We're just at different parts of the ship. I think. Well, Can- you guys are on the front end. <laughs> yeah, Canada's below the waterline. We're we're but yeah we're, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Steerage. thank you thank you for the call. If there's anything that could be brought from that from this uh, Marina Abramovic story, that is a silver lining. It's exactly what you just proposed to everybody, Krista. Thanks for that. You're welcome. It's not as hard as people think. You can do it. Oh, well, I'm knocking on the door. Aurora's already through. <laughs> you know, we're not waiting for, like, you know, kindergarten age five. We've already started, and um, uh, but I'm sure it'll get a little bit more organized over the next 24 months, and I, I, we're pretty excited for it. 
do it. You won't regret it. Uh, thank you so much. There you go, Krista from Canada. Let's take a call from Aaron Moriarty. What's going on? Hey, Frank. Uh, it's going great. Great show tonight. Thank you. Um, I, I, you're very welcome. Independent media, yeah. Yeah. Um, Marina Abramovich, I think, I think the short guy with the green shirt likes her because she's the one most likely to bring boatloads of Ouija boards for the troops there because they're using all kinds of dark magic. You know, that's it's one thing, uh, Aaron, I, and everybody, this is Aaron of Truth Quest. Um, that's one thing that I have not heard anybody dive into. Uh, in the beginning of the war, we heard a lot about how there is a big-time drug problem among the Ukrainian uh, uh, fighting force, uh, especially for those who were not very battle-tested and, and they were brought in in those second waves. Of course, their entire army has been uh, replaced a, a more than a couple of times now. But we heard that there was a lot of drug issues there, amphetamines, th things things that try to give them a little bit of a an energetic edge on the battlefield. But nobody ever talks about spiritual and ritualistic edges do you have any kind of information or insight onto as to you know whether or not that is being employed aside from this obvious um this obvious uh, move right here with marina but uh have you seen anything before this yes i've seen a video of them uh putting a soldier either on a cross or a pole and burning them alive oh i saw that i yeah. saw I, I saw them digging a hole. I don't know if it was a grave, but they dug a, a pretty deep hole, maybe four or five feet. And the guy slashes his arm and puts his blood in the dirt. And they were saying something in Ukrainian. Uh, so I think that's like, oh, maybe they were in Russia and they're putting their blood in the ground and that's going to advantage them somehow. But I also heard a couple weeks ago that's a they have a four hour lifespan on the front line these soldiers four so hours they, yeah I, I believe it when people like douglas mcgregor and and um and uh you know that the, the uh, that that ritter the ritter guy he um that they were saying it even before all that stuff came out was leaked from the pentagon about the death ratio between ukraine and russia was seven to one so we're talking mass death here. There is no discernible edge on the battlefield at all, and uh, they got a lot of a lot of neocons and neolibs here in the in the United States that are still waving their uh, their Ukrainian flags as they sip their mimosas, sending young boys, younger and younger, and old men to their deaths with absolutely no chance of winning. It's incredible. So yeah, uh, you want to talk about a sacrifice? This whole entire thing has been a sacrifice. Oh yeah, and now now the Clinton Foundation's going in. They'll they'll take care of all the kids. Oh my God, uh, heaven help us. Well, thank you, Aaron, for calling in. You're welcome. Thank you, buddy. There you go, Aaron. Uh, he he hosts the show Truth Quest. I think you can find him on Rumble. All right, uh, let's see here. <laughs> all right, uh, three one seven. You're on the air. What is going on? I remember. Also, we have a couple of couple of topics out there you can tell me the best compliment you've ever received maybe we should just save that for another night it's already 738 and this has already gotten pretty dark but anyway go ahead 317 
Hi, Frank. This is Sonia from Indiana. Hello, Sonia. And I have a story about um, a stranger. Go ahead. I want to hear a strange story. So I'm a nurse, and I was working night shift um, and was trying to get pregnant with our second child, and it had been several months. And we always go in at 3 a.m. to do, like, vitals and blood work. And I had this patient who, um, he was on hospice, and he was pretty much, like, not responsive at all. And we snuck in just to try to take his vitals while he was asleep. And he sat up while I was taking his blood pressure and looked at me and grabbed my stomach and said, your child will be here soon. And, like, laid back down and went to sleep. And I was pregnant within two months. (laughs) Whoa. Now, yeah. wow. And, to, and you were pregnant within two months. Yep. So you weren't pregnant then. Not that I knew of, but we were trying. And hi, Ezekiel. He's listening in the other room, by the way. He's eight. Wow. Wow. Okay. And, and of course, eight years old, uh, healthy. It healthy. was. It, Okay, wow. And now, did you know anything else about this man? Obviously, from what you how you described him, he must not have lasted long. No, he didn't last long. He died like the next day or the day after. I never saw him again. Um, he was from Africa. He had like an African accent, which um, was like, it was just very ominous. Just kind of out of nowhere, sat up and very knowingly grabbed my stomach and told me that my child would be here soon. Now, let me ask you a question. Because obviously, eight years later, you are happy it turned out the way it did. But back then, to have your stomach grabbed by a stranger who's on death's door but has something take oh, take take him over makes that kind of a prediction or a forecasting for you. And then to be pregnant or to find that you are pregnant not too long later, did you spend any period of time wondering whether or not you were carrying Rosemary's baby or something like that? Something, <laughs> I mean, like the, the, I, I would have been elated to be pregnant but I also would be like, what exactly is inside of me? <laughs> I, I honestly, I believed him. I don't know. There was just something very authentic. And sometimes, you know, especially near death, you just have have a little bit of extra perception. So, Well, at least we know we have, because we're in the future now. We know that his intentions were pure and everything worked out nice. So that's good. It sure did. <laughs> Thank you for the call. That is one hell of a strange, stranger story. That is one. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate this one. Thank you. Sonia. Oh, she brought the goods tonight. Let's take a call from three uh, 607. What's going on, 607? Hey, Frank. It's Mark Sparks. How are you? How you doing, Mark? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I could mention a bunch of things, but uh, one thing that's coming to my mind, I remember 1968, my dad and I, uh, we, we had took a, taken a trip to Poland. Uh, we had uh, relatives in Yavorzno, Poland. I had a, a great uh, granduncle who had been in uh, concentration camps, and he said, if you took up the, uh, the posts that hold the barbed wires, you would find his number, you know, because they had a right, they, they they tattooed their numbers on their arm and, and uh, you know, and then uh, we went to see um, Auschwitz and uh, Captain, uh, you know, concentration camps. They had, uh, uh, 
uh, it's like a museum. I don't know. They had toothbrushes in one casing, uh, hairbrushes in another. You know, they uh, seen the showers, and uh, you know what comes to mind. We were sitting around the table in the relative's house. They had a farm, and uh, my dad started crying. And I said, "What's the matter?" He says, "I'm not sure if we're going to get home." because the Russians had just invaded Czechoslovakia. So, you know, it was pretty pretty harrowing. I was 10 years old, and, and I really, uh, you know, didn't know what was going to happen. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't understand the TDS. I don't understand the, for no reason, you know. And, and, and I, uh, I remember Donald Trump. You know, the skating rink, uh, you know, everybody's, oh, it's going to take so long. So, And, and the guy had it done in, in, what, a week, couple weeks? You know, and, and all these uh, New York Democrats that uh, grateful that it was there, they could go skating, but uh, they got Trump derangement syndrome. Well, listen, Mark, you, know? you, you got, you got on the, well, as far as your first story, just the, just, just sharing that story of being on the road with your father and, and being abroad when there is uh, such a, a geopolitical event like that happening, I'm sure it was, it was pretty uh, unsettling for you to suddenly be so far away from home and finding yourself in a, in that position. Obviously you got back all right and we're happy for it. But as far as the, as far as the, the, the Trump derangement syndrome, um, it, it's, it's, I think it's sadder than the, the Trump worship you, where you have somebody who is just, it, it doesn't matter what he says is law. Like, I don't know. Like, I understand that people can just be loyal to a, uh, to, to a figure that has, has stood for something that they believe in and has taken some slings and arrows and has been relatable. I understand that, but there's all, but it's beyond worship, the TDS the derangement, the, um, the the visceral, the, this whole thing where you have complete lo- completely lost any kind of sense of connection to the past of what Donald Trump was in public life, like what the entire time he was some genocidal crook. That was it the entire time that he was doing the, the pageants and building up the uh, the skyline of New York City and and getting uh, NAACP awards and 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 uh, appearing in every movie cameo. If there was a cameo to give away in every damn movie, little rascals to imagine Hitler was cast. Hitler was cast in Little Rascals, the the remake in the nineties. I mean, it's just you forget. Did, did they all forget? That's the more pathetic thing. That's the more pathetic thing. I mean, um, uh, and then and the other thing there too is to say, well, um, to to ignore all of the 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 facts that we have a system that really is outside of the law for over a hundred years. Everything is operating outside of the supreme law of the land that we were given, that we have codified. The only one that we have. Everything else is pretend. Everything else is pretend, okay? So the fact that everybody in Washington, D.C. is breaking the law in one way or another, and that all that really keeps that town and everything else that's connected that town together is the tradition of skirting the law, skirting the rules, and just playing with a wink and a handshake. 
the fact that those people will, when they see any kind of an, uh, of an outsider come in, you can say, well, Donald Trump's not an outsider. He's an outsider enough to where it caused them to be com- very, very uncomfortable. And they turned whatever the hell that loser into the loser that he is today. They, they, they had to do that to as many people as we know. The fact that they were able, that they, uh, that they start enforcing the law and, and, and try to find the little tiny things. You can make anybody be guilty of 10,000 10, infractions in, uh, in D.C. because everybody's committing them. It's just that they reserve punishment for any of those infractions for people who don't belong to the country club. And, um, you know, if that's the way you want to run a country club, that's fine. But we subsidize the country club, all right? And we're losing our livelihoods and we're losing our future for our children and our grandchildren because of that. I don't, I don't care if you, uh, what the hell, you people go, go crazy because there are country clubs and social clubs in the country that don't want women there, don't want this color person there, that religion person. I don't care what the hell. You got a private organization that you want to uh, make it exclusive for one thing or another, whatever. I'm not invited, fine. I, I don't have to pay the dues. This is a country club that we're all forced to pay the dues with penalty of going to jail. Going to jail. Meanwhile, meanwhile, our brainwashed friends and family, to see them the way that they act and they play this surface game, this superficial, pathetic game, it's, it's sad. You, you, you almost want to say a prayer. Almost. Almost want to pray for them. Let's take a call. 845. Here's another New Yorker. Hey, Frank. Who's this? Uh, it's Vin Martinelli. What's going on, Vin? Nothing. I wanted to congratulate you first off on a hundred thousand. No, oh, thank you. That's, that's pretty stupendous. Um, I, I, I and I thought this was a dumb story from way back. So, I bartended for a long time, and one night I talked to everybody. Had great friends. Guy comes in, and he's got uh, he's got a briefcase. Well, actually, he goes out to the car to get this like. Beat up. Hold on, Vin. Like hold on. Hold on, Vin. 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 Before you go anywhere, can you just turn down the the stream in the back? Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah, it's just a little distracting, oh. and then uh, just oh. start start from the beginning. So, go ahead. Brief, okay. Briefcase. Bartender. Good bartender. Talked to everybody. Always, always found anybody that came in to have a drink. I don't care who you were, what you were. I wanted to sell you drinks, and I, I I've always been that way. Long story long. Met a lot of weirdos over the years. Met a lot of amazing people. Nobody's a weirdo to me. Um. So we we get talking to this guy, and he's he's like, and and we get into politics. Which I really tried to avoid, but that's a lie because, like, once I knew you were on the the right thinking side of things, we talked politics all night, um, which was to my detriment. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this guy goes out to his car, and he gets he gets this brown shabby, like like really like like a brown briefcase from like the the sixties, like not even seventies. That would be a, a goof to carry anywhere. And he's like, I want to show you some pictures. I said, All right. And he's like, he's like, you know, everything I heard over here, because I guess I was talking politics with somebody else at the, end of the other end of the bar. Okay. And he's, he's like, he's like, you know, everything you're talking about is bullshit. And I mean, like, I've been a rah, rah, rah guy my entire life. Well, ever since I got saved from New York City public schools. Uh, so, Vin, what, what was, Vin, I, only because I'm what up. Was in the, what was in the box? What was in the, um, yeah, the pictures, because I'm up against the clock here. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Um 
studio shots of ISIS in uh, an American desert. What do you mean studio? Pretty, like, what's, what is this guy? This guy, was he? He, 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 I, I, don't, I don't know what he was. He was like some shabby, crazy fucker. Um, and he was showing me these shots, and they, they looked legit. And they didn't look like any movie I'd ever seen, except for the movie I was watching on TV. You're and, talking about still? Said, you're talking about still shots? Or are you talking yes, about okay? So, the, so you're saying that a guy shots. and let me, let me just let me just let me just get this out there. There's yeah. a guy that came in. You're talking uh, whatever about the the world. He says everything you know is bullshit. He goes out to his car. He comes back with a box full of, of uh, pictures. Inside of that box, some of those pictures look like studio produced ISIS promo shots, as if yeah, he but. he had an inside to a crew that was that was working uh, public relations for ISIS um like so I'm gonna I, I know you're running quick so like, it's, it's a long story I I really thought the guy was crazy I discounted it um but like I look back on it now and but it's not a long story <laughs> it's been it's not a long story we just want to know what he was he was saying these oh, pictures said, were. He said, he said. He said. He said. These pictures were from the U.S. making up the ISIS story. Create concocting it. Concocting it, and so, actually, like using using like using like the desert in America to to do to do these like these big like when they when they'd be like a bunch of guys in balaclavas waving black flags. Um, and he said, he said, all the beheadings we saw on YouTube were all fucking faked. Uh, not, not all of them were, but uh, but I wouldn't be imagined if. Uh, but there were there was a few that were very very odd. Well, well, the first the first guy, and I mean it breaks your heart because we saw the family on TV of the very first journalist. Do you remember his name? Uh, I yeah, as soon as you say mm -hmm. it, I'm I, I'm I don't remember it right now. But so I mean, Daniel was it Daniel? Um, it was Daniel something, and we and we remember seeing the parents after that happened. I don't remember. Um, and it, it got me thinking, like, um, like. Okay, so Vin, listen. Okay. Yeah. He gives you these call. He he pretty much lets you in on that. He has he these shows, pictures. He shows, he shows was these he pictures, part of the? I, so was he part of the crew? Was he part of the CIA? What? What? How did he get access to this kind of material? Was he that, the cameraman? That's 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 the million dollar question, Frank. Okay, so he I, was, I never I never put together, and I never got that that from him. Got you. All right, yeah, then. He, he was just some shabby dude with a shabby old briefcase. With but the pictures the pictures really did look like like studio stills. They didn't look like he he ripped them off his Epson inkjet printer. Did he have and enough did he have enough money to pay for his tab? He did. Okay. Yeah, he was good. All right. It was pretty cool. Anyway, Frank, congratulations on 100,000, bro. Thanks for thanks for uh, letting me I, I I love your freaking show, bro. <laughs> oh, well, I know I and I love and I love the call. I'm sorry I had to help you out there, but it's uh, we we don't have no, please. we don't have much time to stretch out tonight, but really interesting call. Thank you, Vin. Vin, 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 thank you. And thank you, everybody, for the congrats on the one. You know, it's one of those things, I, as my mother even got in touch with me. She texted me, and she said, you know, and then when she saw me again today, she said, congratulations on 100,000. going to have 100,000 people watching tonight. I said, no. I said, no, Ma, I wish. I wish. It, the 100,000, it's a nice thing to happen along along the way it's good to be able to enjoy things like this but what 100,000 subscribers on YouTube really is is a testament of time 
especially a, a very specific testament of time for this show in particular, because we've always been throttled, okay? Very, very specific growth periods and then long bouts of nothing. Very odd what's happened with this channel. So whereas I do hope that something awakens and we're able to reach a little bit more of that 100K, it is a testament of time that I'm very proud of. And it's nice to take a moment to smell the coffee and the roses and um, and just be thankful for that time. But Vin right there, that's an interesting one. A stranger comes in, disputes everything that uh, that you think is is the way that the world is, says, hold on a second, I'm going to go to my car for something. Now, you hope he doesn't come back with a shotgun. But instead, he comes back with a ratty old suitcase, opens it up, and there are what seems to be pictures from a movie set. Pictures from a movie set that would make you wonder whether or not the CIA, which we all think have been making uh, Bin Laden videos for God knows how long, are also making... ISIS videos in the middle of an American desert somewhere. Could it be possible? Could it be? I think anything's possible. All right. Well, this is good. I wish we had a little bit more, t- a little bit more time, but we do not. But we do not. So I'm going to go to our super chats, and we're going to wrap up, and we'll come back around to strange stories because. This is we're we're knocking on October's door. It's gonna be a whole month of high strangeness. Jay Britz says congrats on 100k and uh, Trump rant. Ura. Jay Britz like that. Hey now Frank. Oh one more with from Jay. Geez, he really blessed me tonight. Thank you, Jay. Now Frank, did the trip upstairs occur before or after you having testicles in your mouth? The trip up the sta- oh the trip up the stairs. Oh, that was just yesterday, I think, or Sunday. It was Sunday. I ate the, uh, the 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 testicle chili, the organ meat chili on Friday. It was part of our lunch, so I, I had a little bit of that. But there was there was pig head, they, there was cubed, and it was that was pretty good. I didn't shave anything off the actual head. But there was plenty of this, the pulled pork, all different types of variations of chicken. Um, they weren't able to get to get the brisket that that what we were hoping for. And I thought for sure that there was going to just be a pile of ribeyes at some pl- you know one place or another. I told Jay, hey, listen, next time there's just got to be a pile of ribeye. I want to be able to take a ribeye and I want to be able to slap three over easy or over medium eggs on top of that and just chow down. But of course, it was there's a specific reason why we wanted to be introduced to organ meats over the weekend, and uh, we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, let's see. Dan Schumann says, "Well, Frank, you did it. Four and a half minutes in the ice bath. Tell us what the experience, what the experience was like. I'm holding up my pledge of one hundred dollars per minute. Get yourself or your family something nice. It's an honor to support you and the show, Dan." You've been around for a long time, and you've been taking my breath away with your generosity for a long time, but this was totally unnecessary, totally unnecessary. I'm going to do something nice for you. i gotta, I got to figure something out. Um, Stostub, with, their, with, uh, with his, his bets and, his, and stuff like that, too, i got to say, the, the ice water 
was very challenging, but it was awesome at the end. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the help of the, the, the woman who was running that particular event, Nurse Jenny, with the counting and everything else, it would have been really rough for me to do it on my own. But the legs were fine. I stepped in just fine. It was cold as hell, but it was fine. It was, and it wasn't even the balls. I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, when my balls hit that water, it's going to be bad. But I, it didn't even register because it was the stomach. It was the stomach, the lower back. That's when I really started feeling it just sinking in. And it took me until about three minutes to actually get my my shoulders underneath the water where I'm just sitting there up to my neck. But uh, up until there, I, I thought I was in. I really did think I was in because I lost all of my... It was, it was really an outside... I be, You lose... Uh, to a degree, your sense of feeling and your body almost becomes the water. It's very odd because it's not as relaxing as that sounds. But I also had a little bit of a hard time understanding just how far I was. I, and I my shoulders were out a little bit more than I thought. But anyway, yeah, four and a half minutes, got out of there, did a little bit of the sauna, then got into the jacuzzi. And it was a really great day. And I was relaxed, man. What you you know when you go into the snow for three and a half four hours with your friends when you're a kid, and you're you are just frozen. Everything is soaked. Your face is just frozen. You had you just lived it up for hours out there in a nice snowstorm doing your thing, and then you come inside. You put on all dry stuff, and you just thaw out, and you are just floating in like this this gooey feeling of euphoria. It's that times ten. Afterwards, I'll tell you, it was a little bit of a struggle driving home that night because I wanted to drive home that night so I can be home by around, you know, midnight, 1 a.m. And uh, I had a lot to do on Sunday with, you know, Anthony's birthday, a belated birthday celebration, some things I had to do around the house and testing my technology for this show with Matt Christensen that evening. So I had to go home Saturday night. But when I, le- I left at 9 o'clock in Vermont, and I got home around 1 a.m. almost on the dot. Because I had to drive, first of all, the first two and a half hours was all in rain. So I'm driving in my little hoopty. But I took the hoopty up there. Like 55 miles an hour. 50 to 55 miles an hour. It was painstaking because it was hard to see. But I took advantage of the clear spots and um, at least 40 minutes was added to the drive. Should have gotten there around midnight. But uh, I was tired tired because I was just so relaxed so I'm going to try to find I'm going to find a a suitable tank that I can use here at home and I'm going to do it I'm going to get my brother to do it with me not in the same tank as me I'm we're not the Krasensteins but I would say you know just to be like okay I know he'll do it because he's done the cryotherapy before where they put you in like the iron lung and they put it down to like negative 200 degrees they bring it out to like negative. What is it, Kelvin? What do they What do they talk about? Absolute zero for like you know three minutes. So I know that he would do a a tank that has forty seven degree water in there. So I know that he would be a a good inspiration. You know, like you get a gym buddy and it just helps get things done in the gym. I know he would be a good candidate for that. So, um, but yeah, thank you guys and gals for keeping me keeping me up on that Dan Schumann 
Stostube, everybody who made little bets with me, that really, um, I knew I couldn't puss out. And I didn't, which felt great. All right, let me go to the Rumble Rants real quick, make sure I didn't miss anything. Here's one. Jay Semo says, Frank, love your show. Thank you, Jay. I felt uh, I felt we had a good one tonight, and I didn't know what we were going to get out of it. Thank you all over there on Foxhole. Thank you, Captain Flint, Robert Sarns, Happy Days, Sean Joe, Tempo 420. River Pike says, Steak and Eggs, yummy. Darn right. And then Stostube started dropping cookies on everybody because that's just the way he is. One, two, three, SKG. I appreciate you all so much. I'm going to release the scratching over there, and I think that's it for tonight. That's it. Anything on Rockfin? Nope, just 21 wonderful people watching, but no tips, so we're done. All right, guys and gals, if you have anything you want to add, give me a buzz at, quite frankly, podcast at gmail.com. I'll be reading through your emails as usual and taking what I need for the shows ahead. We're going to be doing a little bit of improvising tomorrow because Nurse Nurse Penny's not coming on, so um, we'll figure something else out. And, um, and yeah, maybe a little bit more strange stories because these were really good and we had far more coming in that I couldn't take. That's all. Thank you, guys. Thank you, gals. Until next time, good night. Good night. And always remember, that's... Quite frankly, is film for a live studio audience. And now our super chatters, starting with Stostube, who says, Dan Schumann rocks. Sweet. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Jay Brits. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan, so much. I'm going to start opening up the, uh, the opportunities for business sponsors out there to become a sponsor of the actual studio itself. So every night I go live, I will be going live from the so-and-so studio. Just putting it out there. All right. Good night, everybody. Think about it, though, Tom. It's on weight loss. AIDS? Nobody's got AIDS. I don't want to hear that word in here again. Will you shut up?